If you're able, stand with me in honor of the word of God as I read Mark 14, 27 through 38. You will all fall away, Jesus told them, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter declared, even if all fall away, I will not. Truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, today, yes, tonight, before the rooster crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times. But Peter insisted emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the others said the same. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he told them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The word of God for the people of God. It's an honor and a privilege to introduce to you a mighty man of valor, a man who is a servant of Jesus Christ and is determined to get that word to everyone, especially our youth. Let me introduce to you Mr. Tim Ebert. Thank you so much for having me here. I want to thank Bobby, of course, for allowing me to uh, share this pulpit. Uh, I'm so thankful for that. And I'm thankful for that worship team. Can we give it up for them again? Amen. Oh, you guys made me weep. I was like, okay, you better get it together here. Uh, well, you know, I have a, a pretty big prayer, and uh, I've decided to put it in a prayer journal and make uh, cards up for that uh, to pray for the youth in Ruidoso uh, and I pray that you will all join me in that very large mission it's a God-sized mission it's not something that any of us could make happen only God himself and Jesus and the Holy Spirit moving on these kids hearts uh, can draw them to the cross and the realization of what was done there and how they can have forgiveness through Jesus. And uh, so I want to pray for them right now. Father God, we pray for every student in Ruidoso to, to come to a youth group, Lord. We want every student to hear the message of Christ 
and him death on the cross uh, and his resurrection, Father God, for our sins, the forgiveness of our sins. So, Father God, we pray over this message today, Lord, uh, as you put it on my heart uh, to explain the amazing will of the Father on each and every one of his people and how if we will just ask for your will, Lord, that you will let it be done in our lives. We yet only need to listen. So, Father God, we pray for, again, the youth and the surrounding areas and for their commitment to follow you. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. amen. Now, thank you very much. Well, I, as I was preparing this message, I, I started to think to myself, what is really going on in this text? And as we read about, I will strike the shepherd, and I read through Zechariah, 13.7, and how it says, uh, I will smite thee in different uh, different uh, Bibles. Uh, and I thought to myself how they were scattered. How they were scattered. They ran. Uh, their flesh was so weak. So the title of my message is What to Do When Your Will is Not the Father's Will. So I wanted to share a small story of mine uh, where God intercepted me. And uh, I was working for a friend of mine for a construction company. and uh, I worked for him for about two years. And I couldn't find rest. It was probably about a year after into the job. And I, you know, I kept thinking I'm not very administratively talented. And uh, being the manager of this big construction company was very stressful a lot of uh, a lot of customers get angry and uh, you're normally the buffer zone between the owner and the customer so and the work that's being done by employees so uh, I couldn't find a lot of joy in that job and, and me and my wife went to to my grandson praise the Lord uh, I've been married for three years to my beautiful wife Jane Ebert over here and uh, her, amen, <laughs> amen, and she stood through all of this with me, and uh, her daughter had a grandson uh, about a year and three months ago, uh, two months ago, a year and two months ago, anyway, uh, we went out there, and while we were out there, I, I just couldn't find peace, and I kept sharing uh, with my wife that I was struggling with my job, and I thought, I just really need a I need a different job. I need something that I can find peace and joy in. And, uh, and it just wasn't where I was at. And, and I asked her to pray for me. And we prayed a lot about it. We prayed for God's direction in my life. And, uh, well, on the way back, uh, God revealed to me that he had something totally different prepared for my life. And that every bit of my step from Eight years ago, and I'll share a little bit of that later on in this, story, in this uh, uh, sermon. Uh, every bit of my step with God from the day that I said yes to Jesus was preparing me up to this point where I was frustrated and would finally make this move, a, a change in my life, and, and what I would say truly follow God's will in my life. Actually ask Him. What is your will in my life? Your will be done, Lord, and not mine. So, uh, when we came back, 
uh, I had taken off another two or three days uh, from after the trip, and he revealed it to me. I was supposed to be doing work for the kingdom of God, not for man. I mean, I'm not discounting the work that we do in our jobs. I mean, each and every one of us are skilled for a, a particular labor, and we're good at it. And God has given us finances through that. And we use those finances to glorify God through tithing and, and, and other mission work that we do. So I, I was scared. I mean, when the, when the will of God comes upon you and you're like, oh, this weight that you feel. And, and I made it weight. I didn't make it liberty and peace and, and rest, this yoke like we were just, we were just praying about and, and uh, worshiping God about. I made it a hard task because I didn't know exactly what that looked like. And I went down to Alamogordo and I told my friend, I said, ah, I don't know what to do. I think God's calling me into the ministry. I, what does this mean? I mean, I, I, does that mean I'm supposed to be a pastor or, or what does that look like? He said, well, have you ever heard of Fellowship of Christian Athletes? And I said, well, no, I haven't. And he explained that Fellowship of Christian Athletes helps. Uh, their mission is to see coaches grow in a relationship with Christ. And as a result of that growth of their life, they start to bring along their students. They start to realize that their coach is different than maybe their parents, their friends, or their other mentors. So seeing this movement that he's talking about became a burden in my heart. And I just looked at him and I said, I think that's it. And I'm not shocked. I mean, God could use a burning bush. So this guy, this friend of mine, had shared this, this FCA, this Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And the more that I learned about Fellowship of Christian Athletes, the more I fell in love with their mission. Their mission is to reach the youth in local communities. And, and, and my area, our, our area, our area, is a very large area. It's Alamogordo, Roswell, Cloudcroft, Arizona, Capitan, Artesia, uh, and uh, Carlton. So we've got a pretty good sized area. And that's a God-sized task. And I, I love that because it's not anything I could do myself. So what to do when your will is not the Father's will. Well, seeing this God-sized task, I said, yes, here I am, Lord. I'll take it. I will take this task as long as you're behind me and, and in front of me and all around me. I, I, I know it will be done. So, my first point, even Jesus struggled when faced with the Father's will that was not his own which when I was preparing this message, I thought to myself, am I, am I going to say that? That's kind of bold. I mean, it, it was his own. Even though son of man and son of father had received the father's will, and I believe that he probably knew that will, even possibly before the, the uh, baptism by John, uh, Jesus continued to do God's will through the whole time with these disciples that he walked with. When he gets to the garden in the scripture, Jesus was deeply distressed and troubled. He was troubled for more than one reason. Not only was he taking the weight of the world of sin 
upon his shoulders. He was also going to be beaten, broken, and crucified, as well as the fact that he was going to be separated from some amazing disciples that he'd been teaching for three years. But greatest of all was the separation from his father. He'd been with the father for eternity. And I can only think that the, the only reason that he said, uh, your will and not my will, was he knew that he was going to be reunited with his father. This was not new to Jesus, although he did and was frustrated by that. He says, Abba, Father, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. He didn't want to do it, but he knew he had to do it. He was created in the flesh. God himself came to earth to be flesh and to live a sinless life for you and me. We got, we get the, the, the yoke we're, we're singing about was because he took God's anger upon him for all mankind, for all sin. And me. I mean, I was a scoundrel. Maybe a couple of you may have been a scoundrel before you got to the cross. But I was a scoundrel. So, God's plans will not be thwarted. God's will is in front of each and every one of us. We have an opportunity every day to get up and worship God for, like you said, the breath that we, the breath we breathe in. We've been breathing all night because God made an amazing body that is, is doing all those functions while we're sleeping and resting, which he commanded us to do, to rest and have a day of rest. And we give him thanks. And I pray that we're all asking God, your will be done in my life today. I don't want my will to go on. I'm going to walk out here and I'm going to see a driver and I'm going to be angry and I want to, I don't know what I want to do to that driver. <laughs> but anyway, maybe some of you guys have got some of that going on in your own life. But I struggle with my will against the Father's will. Now Peter, he declares his loyalty, loyalty to Jesus. He returned to the disciples. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, when we read uh, earlier, Peter insisted emphatically, bless you, emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the others said the same. Now, Peter declaring his loyalty and, and how he will not fall away Jesus already knew. He already knew what was going to happen. He already knew each and every one of us are weak in our flesh. That's why in Matthew, he explains that all authority in heaven and on earth will be given to us. He already knew that we're weak. And he has shared the power of in heaven and on earth for us to have strength, to have strength in our daily lives and to live out his will in our lives. 
Jesus explains Peter's denial. Yet I tell you the truth. Today, yes, even tonight, the rooster crows twice. You yourself will disown me three times. I mean, Peter was a leader, obviously. He was an amazing man that loved God, and he was a little bit prideful and a little bit boastful. And, and for him to hear this, I'm sure he's thinking, oh, no, not me. <laughs> Have any of you ever felt that way? No, I can be strong on my own strength. Now, Jesus takes the chosen to the Garden of Gethsemane. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, Stay here and keep watch. Now, why would, why would Jesus tell them to keep watch? Were there bears in this garden? There weren't bears in this garden. He's talking about the temptation of sin. The temptation of weakness. He was asking his disciples to reach deep inside of them. Now they've, they've watched Jesus many times separate from them and go over here and pray to the Father. And he's going and reconnecting with the Father because he's been around sinners all day long. And he needs this filling of the Holy Spirit. He needs this this cup to overflow with strength because he was flesh. He had the same, he was tempted the same way that we will ever be tempted. And he was stronger than we could ever have been strong. Ever. That's why we need Jesus so much. Jesus shows his distress and separates the disciples. When he took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled, saying, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, Stay here and keep watch. Then later on, he asked the Father to take this cup. Yet not what I will, but your will. Nothing did he want more than to serve the Father, which is the greatest example that we could ever have. In our sin, in our decrepancy, the fellowship with the Father is muted. It's only through the continual connection with God through our repentance of sin. When we confess our sin, it's already been paid for. Why wouldn't we just say, God, I want to recommit my life to you right now in this moment. You just saw me sin. I got mad at that driver. I use that as an example because it's something I really struggle with. But that it's already been paid for. That connection with God was paid for by Jesus Christ so that we can do God's will in our lives. And his will is for us to stay connected with him stay on that path of righteousness. Our obedience was always and will always be what God wants and gives us our blessings through. He sees our obedience to him as we follow him, as we read this amazing word that he gave us to give us directions 
and insight. I mean, everything you ever wanted to know about God is in this book. This amazing word of God. So, how about Simon? Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. To Simon, he said to Peter, Are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. My body was weak. When I lived in Casper, Wyoming, uh, I was a drug addict, and uh, I struggled a lot with uh, sexual immorality, um, alcohol. I'd had seven DUIs, uh, methamphetamine uh, had a hold on me, and a friend of mine from here in Ruidoso that went to First Baptist Church. Uh, asked me if I wanted to come up here and work for his company in the computer business. And, uh, cause I was an electrician for many years. I've had a lot of jobs. Um, that path gave me a lot of different jobs, but, and ultimately God would still use that for his glory. He asked me to come up here and I told him that I was making pretty good money. And so I didn't come yet. Two weeks later, uh, I had an accident on the job site and they gave me a urine analysis. Well, lo and behold, God's will will be done. It, and, and I lost my job. So I didn't have a job anymore. And it took a couple of weeks before uh, God just put it in my mind. Well, maybe I should take up that guy, Tony, a friend of mine, and, and go up and check out Ruidoso, New Mexico. Well, I came to Ruidoso and for uh, two or three months, I went to uh, First Baptist Church. Uh, one of the deacons came up to me and asked me if I'd like to go on a mission trip. Well, they didn't know if I was saved or not. So they asked me if I wanted to go on this mission trip, and I said, well, what's a mission trip? And uh, he said, well, it's when you go out and you do a job for some people, and uh, and you just show the love of Christ. And I said, all right. Well, how much does that pay? <laughs> he looks up and he goes, pay? He goes, well, it doesn't pay anything. And I said, oh, okay. The good guy came. And he looks at me a little strange. And I said, yeah, the good guy came. He says, well, would you be interested in that? And I said, uh, well, sure, sure, I'd be, be okay with the good guy thing. And he hands me a small sheet of paper, and on this sheet of paper, it's got the things that I'm going to need for this mission trip. It's got, you know, toothpaste, toothbrush, sleeping bag, pillow, a couple cases of water. At the bottom of this list is a price. It says, total cost $649. Well, I looked at him and I said, Wait a minute, you want me to pay you to not go and make money? And he said, yeah, that's the idea. And I said, well, that's a pretty good idea. That's a great deal. That's a pretty good deal. So I handed him back his sheet of paper. But again, not my will, but God's will. About three months later, he came back to me and asked me, uh, Tim, have you been praying 
about going on this mission trip, uh, they didn't realize I wasn't saved. And I was like, I haven't been praying. I don't pray at all. <laughs> but uh, I said, uh, yeah, no, I'm not paying you to not make money there, not make money here, and yeah, no. So he looked at me and said, Tim, if the church paid your way, would you go? I was like, well, yeah, I didn't really understand what was what was being paid, but <laughs> I was like, I'm doing all the work. Yeah, if you, yeah, if you pay my way, I'll go and do it. I was, I was okay with the good guy thing. But what I didn't realize is God's plans will not be thwarted. And not my will, but his will. So I went on this mission trip, you know, these high expectations. You know, we're going to leave today, and tonight we're going to get settled in, and tomorrow we'll start working. Well, we went to a small mission place here called, oops, I guess it's over here, uh, Fort Lone Tree. Uh, Dana was there. And uh, we had a lot of fun. Yet I was thinking to myself, where's the work? You know, we're praying and singing and eating and doing all these cool activities and uh, no work. I'm a worker. I like to work. So uh, the next day we get up, we go to the church that we're going to do in the Alamo Navajo Reservation and uh, we still don't do any work. We eat and we pray and we sing songs and I'm like, Man, when are we going to get to work? So the next day, we did a little bit of work. You know, we took all of our mattresses out of a big semi and, and uh, got all the materials, all the, you know, the shingles and stucco and everything loaded up and delivered to the site. But we didn't do any work. Well, it was through this environment that I experienced an amazing thing God was doing. Fellowship. I didn't understand fellowship. I mean, my friends were all alcoholics and drug addicts. They were, they were in the life for what their desires, what their flesh could receive. So before you know it, we were on a bus uh, coming back from the work site, and everyone on this bus was excited. I mean, the Holy Spirit dwelling in this bus was amazing. Each and every one of them sharing, oh, I got saved when I was nine, or oh, I got saved when I was 52, or and there was a couple of pastors that were on that trip as well, and oh, and, and before you know it, they count to me. And they said, how about you, Tim? When were you saved? When did you get baptized? I said, oh, I know that word, baptized. I was raised Roman Catholic. I said, oh, I was baptized when I was an infant. And they said, oh, I was like, what do you mean, oh? He said, well, as an infant, you can't, you can't make a decision about sin. You can't understand the need for forgiveness. Just, you're just too young. And I said, oh, well, when I get back to Ruby Doso, I'm going to get baptized. And I didn't understand it. I didn't get it. But not my will, God's will. So, we finished the job. We did all the work. We got done early because, trust me, when you get me on a job, I'm on it. Let's do it. And me and this young kid, uh, uh, the deacon that actually invited me, me and his son did one whole side of the roof while the other four guys did the other side of the roof. 
and we got this job done and we got back to the compound it was a church and uh, and one of the ladies asked me Tim you want to come to the church with me for a minute I said sure she goes I've got a I've got a question to ask you and I was like And on her way in, she grabs this other lady named Stephanie. And she says, Stephanie, you want to come with me? I'm like, oh, this is not good. Now at the time, <laughs> at the time, I was still smoking cigarettes. And, you know, even though these were Jesus folks that I was around, I was trying to do my best not to cuss, but I lived most of my life with really salty language, to say the least. And, I, and I'm whirling in my head, you know, what are they going to tell me, you know? Are they going to kick me out of this mission trip or what? Well, they brought me into the church. Before you know it, not my will, but God's will. The lady started to share scripture with me. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. And by grace you're saved through faith. This amazing scripture, for all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. For the wages of sin are death, but the gift of God is eternal life. These scriptures, they started just crushing my soul. I realized my brokenness and my lostness. I'd been so far away from God in my life, and I wanted forgiveness. And she said, Tim, if I was to draw a line right here in this church, and you could cross that line in forgiveness and have a new life on the other side of that line, would you take it? Now, I've been sharing all of what my life was before that. And when I got done weeping and sharing, uh, one of the ladies was looking at me. I don't think her eyes could have got any bigger. I mean, who is this scoundrel we have on a mission trip? And, and, uh, and I said, yes. And that was the day that I got saved. That was eight years ago. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. And... And that was just the beginning. Because the next day, I got baptized. <laughs> and uh, it was amazing. It was, a, it was an amazing mission trip. And the next year, uh, I realized why you came. And I was not only able to pay for myself to go on the same mission trip, I invited a friend and was able, because of God's grace and not my will, but his will be done, he provided the funds for me to be able to pay half of his way because he was in the same perplexity as me. Wait a minute, you want me to go? You want me to pay to go and do work? That just is beyond my mind. But God has continued to use me. This amazing FCA is an opportunity for everyone to get involved in a God-sized task, something way bigger than any of us could ever imagine, and. And I want to invite you all to be praying for that God-sized task. Every student in Ruidoso in a youth group. Every single student. That sounds impossible, right? I mean, doesn't that sound impossible? Well, we serve a God who split a sea. He turned it into a pathway. He raised his son from the grave. So thank you so much, Lord God. We're just so thankful for this day. Father, we're thankful for the opportunity that we have when we get to worship you and we get to serve you, Father God. I pray that you will answer that amazing gift 
Lord. For it is not my will, but your will, Father. We want your will to be done in our lives, Lord. We want to know that not only you are you for us, but Lord, who can be against us? So Lord God, I pray that you will pierce the hearts, that you will move mightily with your Holy Spirit on these young students. And Father God, you've already started the movement. You've already started on coaches' hearts. Lord, we've got four coaches already that have said yes to the mission of FCA in the school. Lord, that's not my will. My will was my flesh. My flesh is weak, but Lord, you are within me. And you give me the strength to continue in what you want done. So, Father God, I pray that you will do that and continue to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we come to get communion, this is a reminder, as Jesus has told us, the Apostle Paul, to remember what Jesus did for you. So as you come and take this and take your seat, just keep that in mind. Go ahead and come and receive.
Oh my. 